0: Hi, I'm Rajon Shidash and you're listening to Queerness and Storytelling in India. So I'm really excited about this interview because uh, I have a very, very special guest today whose anthology, Facing the Mirror, was one of the first texts on queerness in India or LGBT writing in India that I read uh, while growing up. So it's a really special um, Interview for me. Ashwini Sukthankar is trained as a lawyer and supports unions and workers through global campaigns. Ashwini will always be committed to transformative politics through gender and sexuality, but her relationship to writing and reading is much more fraught these days. Welcome, Ashwini. And I wanted to know, like, uh, in this bio note, why do you say that it's much more fraught these days?
1: Uh, um well thanks for inviting me. I I I really um appreciate it though. I'm I, I'm I'm also in in two minds I have, I have a lot of hesitation about trying to um to fix any of these ideas. Um and I think that's that's connected to um what I said in my bio note because I currently don't really believe that our stories are very stable. Um, And that extends, I think, even um, to the stories we tell ourselves or especially to the stories we tell ourselves. So I'm I'm just a little um, anxious about the idea of trying to fix my own story, my own relationship to um to politics or to narrative through the telling of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think that that if I were to do this um conversation in a week or if we'd done it a week ago, it would be potentially radically different.
0: So do you say like so is it like more temporal? You're saying that your relationship to writing and reading?
1: Um I think there's there are definitely some dimensions of it that 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 fluctuate I would say from day to day, but then um I think there are ways in which my relationship has um, transitioned that that seems about a bigger story um certainly some of it is uh a growing cynicism about the relationship of stories to theories of social change. Um, I think when I first um, started thinking about the the project that became Facing the Mirror, we, we, I, um, my little community believed that stories could open minds and change minds and i'm just not so sure anymore um i don't mean that i'm cynical about social change itself you know i, I i'm around um, you know the 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 miracle that is you know, amazon workers rising up and starbucks workers rising up so it's not that at all but um but the relationship of social change to narrative um is something that i really question and, and so um, i i feel like the 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 way in which uh I read has certainly shifted um as uh, as as part of that process um and then there are just uh you know what 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 technology has meant i mean you know we're 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 doing this in um in audio rather than in writing um much of what much of the 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 ways in which I consume books today um, are as audiobooks, and I'm really startled by um, by how different it is to to listen to a book than it is to to read it as as words on a page. Um, you know, after having read. Pride and Prejudice, I would say, maybe maybe a dozen times um, as as a book. I I listened to it as an audio book for the first time a few years ago, and it was, I thought a a a shockingly different book. Anyway, um, Mm -hmm. that's that's a that's a beginning at least. Mm -hmm. It's it's some ideas that I would throw out there.
0: So when you like. Imagine the anthology. I mean, of course, it's in written form, but uh, was there like any alternate media that you were also thinking of? Like, because it seemed to me that this came at a time when we didn't have a lot of I mean, it's literally like one of the first anthologies which sort of declared itself within the category of LGBT writing and perhaps the first which used the word lesbian, but I'm not sure. So I was wondering, like, did you think that it would be like for a literate sort of English literate audience? Because you do write a lot. You unpack some of these words like lesbian writing, India, you know, in the introduction to the anthology. So what was the readership that you were trying to appeal to? I mean, assuming that at that time you had a certain, you know, uh, expectation from the audience or something that the book will do.
1: Um, I wonder how deeply I or any of us who were involved in the project thought about um, those complexities. I mean, now with um, with so much thinking and theorizing about queer archives. Um, I think i would I would locate the project as as much more in relationship to um archiving than anthologizing um i mean the there there was um certainly among the 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 people the um who were writing or were recording their words there was there was anxiety about where the 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 words would go. I mean, not so much because there was anxiety about um, identities being revealed because um, those who were concerned were very careful about obscuring those kinds of details, but it was much more about, well, um, you know, at fevered imaginations of, of um heterosexual men finding the words a turn on you know that i i i'm, I'm just uh, I, I don't i don't mean to be um dismissive about about the concerns because certainly you know whatever it was um 25 years ago i i shared um that kind of anxiety about about how words travel and um how they're used and abused. I mean there were there were um certainly um people who were um who were speaking into cassette recorders. And then um I and and others who were involved had the project of of trying to to transcribe and translate in an ethical manner. Um I'm I'm not always sure that we got it right but we did our best um as we understood it in the moment um i those those cassettes i mean we didn't we i certainly didn't keep any of them um i'm not sure i kept any of um the notes along the way Mm. if i i i I can imagine that for for anyone who'd who'd be thinking about putting together um, an archive or an anthology today, that kind of um, fast and looseness around process would seem unconscionable.
0: That's that's very interesting because um, I was applying for IRB approval, uh, which is the human you know any kind of research that involves human subjects. So I didn't need approval for the podcast because. It's in the public domain, but I do need it for an online survey uh, that I want to do. And but they were very uh, sort of keen to know what I'll do with the data, like where I'll store them. And uh, I have decided not to store them in my personal laptop, but in the university laptop. So, I mean, it's, it's, it seems like at least here, um, you know, there is a, it's not just the onus is just not on the researcher or the editor, or you just cannot keep it if you want to, or, you know, as part of a certain archive, there seems to be a, like, more sort of detailed process in which the archive... So there is a lot that's happening before it can be an archive, if you know what I mean. Like, it's a more, like, detailed process, which does not only involve the editor or the editors, or the researcher so but i don't know if it's different in the publishing industry and how much control does the editor have on the material that they are getting or seeking
1: um i think it's uh, I, I mean i'm 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 not someone who thinks of of regulation you know whether it's private regulation or public regulation as um a one size fits all answer but i really um you know looking back i'm i'm surprised by um how little regulation there was i mean certainly we we many of us tried to hold each other accountable around the treatment of 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 stories but um it was certainly imperfect. I don't think that entirely answers the question that you were answering. You were asking um uh, it just launched a train of thought for me um about how much um how much control we really did have um and how much control I personally had i mean you know i I tried to um Share final versions of each piece with um every person who had um, wanted to be a part of the anthology, but when the final piece was um, was in English you know when when it had been um had repetitions or you know the ums and ers of 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 people's spoken um, words just edited out, you know what what actually were they reviewing and agreeing to? I'm not currently sure.
0: Uh, let me also ask you, how was the book received then? Like I remember there was, I think, a note uh, around the entire fire controversy at the beginning of the book. Uh, which you, I think, tried to address, The Shiv Sena, uh, you know, sort of trying to ban the film. And uh, I think that was a very sort of important sort of moment for particularly uh, lesbian history in India. So was it, what did that impact how the book was received or did Penguin not see that as a, you know, possible uh, threat to, you know, the book or their, publishing house because i think penguin was more like sort of recent in india at that point of time
1: um yes that didn't seem to be a concern there was um i mean the, i i remember there was some discussion with penguin about whether um whether to mark the the proximity to the the fire controversy um and whether to to have um, an image from the protests that happened in delhi um on the cover of the book and um ultimately, I certainly didn't want it to be um framed in that way um either to to um to ride that controversy or to be to be framed or or to be limited by it i mean. You know separately uh a number of us um across different um movements had come together as the campaign for lesbian rights in delhi and um there's a lot of ferment of different kinds around that um around that campaign or around that process um, and so it just it they, they they felt to me a little bit like um like processes that that should be allowed to remain distinct of each other. Mm-hmm. But um I think to answer your underlying question, I, I, I don't remember um Penguin being being concerned about um about censorship or um safety, I mean, it, it uh, and I think it is very much about medium, it was, um, it was well before the, the rash of, of, um, of book bannings, and, and those Um, seem to be happening on a, on a different track. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to sort of, sort of also understand that history of censorship, uh, which impacted Bollywood as opposed to writing. And it seems sometimes Bollywood, you know, it was, was sort of more prone to that kind of censorship because of the kind of reach that it had. And mm-hmm. maybe because, you know, this kind of liberal sort of literature was something that was just happening at that point of time. Um, maybe it had a very different reception um and, and I actually do remember I interviewed Charles Mahajan who uh, is an important stakeholder in the anthology and wrote the foreword of the uh, 2019 edition and they actually sort of reminded me the distinction between sort of literature that is radical or subversive and literature that is liberal mm-hmm. so Angari, for instance you know uh, Isma Chukta's work or uh, Rashid Jahan, uh, you know, at that point of time, the controversies that they generated around sexuality or for that matter, the later Dalit anthologies uh, like Poison Bread and everything. So there is a sort of a history of these books either facing some kind of censorship or generating conversations that wouldn't have been generated otherwise in certain circles. Uh, at least, so it's kind of interesting to sort of note that relationship between censorship and literature, which might be slightly distinct from the relationship that Bollywood or cinema at large has uh, with censorship. And so I'm wondering if the distinction is also that that you are trying to make, is it just an event-based distinction or is it also, you know, fire having a very different kind of audience as opposed to facing the mirror, is that also something which is you know influencing that kind of lack of censorship
1: um sure i mean i'm I'm trying to remember now if um just trying to trying to recuperate memories is um in itself a struggle and and I wouldn't want to be um, held accountable for um for misremembering um, but i'm i'm not sure whether um whether fire was dubbed in hindi um and whether it circulated um entirely in english in that period but what i um but it but uh, it's it's easy to it's easy to forget that it, it that it was um a film in english and so it it would have had um a, a complicated viewership of its own um, in that moment in in india um, you know it was it was before the the spread of the whatever the 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 multiplex theaters um and the 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 kind of stratification of um of a of an extremely kind of, of class-based distinctions in, in, in viewership. So I can't I can't um easily imagine how um fire would have been um consumed uh in the late 90s in mm-hmm. India. I mean perhaps you have you, you have you know more more um ways of understanding it. Um but I do feel like we are we're 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 circling around um, a conversation related to um, to class and class based politics that that I'd be eager to find ways to penetrate.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now that you say that, I do remember watching it in English. I don't think the version that I watched was dubbed in Hindi or any other languages. Uh, maybe, but maybe there are. Maybe there are other versions uh, which you know which, which have been dubbed, for instance. Um, and I remember having a conversation with another friend uh, when Deishkya came out, which is also a loose adaptation of Lihaf, and how they dealt with the narrative and why it didn't generate that kind of controversy. But that's a maybe a different conversation. Um, but... I am curious to know what also inspired this, like firstly the form because anthology can be, and is usually very political. Uh, And I think once we had a conversation over phone, when you, I think mentioned that you were inspired by quite a few women of color anthologies that were coming out in the US in the 80s, 90s uh, period. Um, So was that where you were sort of, uh, you know, taking some sort of models from. Uh, were you also inspired by any Indian anthologies or writing?
1: Um, I would certainly say that uh, to to go back to the 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 point that Charles made. Um, our movement, such as it was in in that period, was was certainly a um, a liberal one. Um, the relationship to um, to a more working class women's movement even was um, was was problematic. I mean, you know, we we encountered um, women's move you know middle class women's movement leaders um at times who um who told us not to not to introduce these um luxurious or or distracting notions of of sexuality into a class-based politics um and we were really i think just feeling our way um in the space that was left and so it was it was a much later project i would say of of being of figuring out how to um how to identify the intersections with um more working class movements um it was in part what we where we um tried to intervene with the, you know, with the campaign for lesbian rights after the attacks on the movie fire. Um, a big part of, of what that campaign, you know, which we called Galeri, did was right. we, we had leaflets that were, you know, myths and, and realities about um, lesbianism in both Hindi and English. Um, printed on 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 flyers and we distributed those um, in delhi um, you know in, in a number of places but but um more than once in the okhla industrial area
0: that's in delhi right mm-hmm. so were you yeah. based out of delhi then
1: i was i, I lived in i lived in delhi from um about 1997 to
0: 1999 mm-hmm. so is that how the anthology also happened like uh because i know that uh charles was part of labia which is a mumbai-based group so i'm just wondering how all of you connected and you know had this community going
1: yes I, so um i was part of labia which at that point was um you know suffered from the the name's three sangam um yeah. <laughs> which uh it, so uh, i was living in in bombay before so from from about 95 to 1997 so um by the time i got there the um, the first um lesbian retreat had already happened um and the second one was being planned and somewhere around the the planning of that second retreat was um, you know because the, the, there was a lot of at that retreat and leading up to it there was a there was a lot of sharing of stories um, a lot of conversation about the sharing of stories as political
0: so this retreat was in Delhi
1: no 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 it was in it was uh, just outside Bombay
0: Oh, okay. So I'm assuming like Penguin, because it was based uh, out of Delhi, I think, right? Is, is that how the anthology happened? Like how did Penguin approach you?
1: Um, now, now I really have trouble remembering. <laughs> um, so uh, among other things, you know, Penguin had, um had started producing, I would say, kind of you know, books for for micro audiences. They had already started um, talking about um, Yarana, which was the the yeah. um, anthology of of gay men's writing. Um, and I do remember I, I remember meeting David Davider in. Bombay when he was passing through town and talking about um, an anthology of lesbian writing. You know, unlike Yarana, um, the word anthology didn't quite fit because so many of the pieces had, you know, the, the vast majority of the pieces had not been published before. Um, and and so we we kind of wrestled with what to call it. Even I mean, in, in conversations with Penguin, because there is, um, there is or was an established understanding that that an anthology refers to the the work of reproducing writing that's already out out in the world. Mm-hmm.
0: And because you mentioned mentioned Yara um uh, which has such a very different kind of um, editorial uh, choices. It's by Hoshang Merchant, of course, and a lot of sort of well-known people were part of it. And then I think in the next edition, it also included writers from South Asia as in non-Indian sort of countries within South Asia, Uh, but Facing the Better had a very different sort of imagination. Uh, So the writings mostly were anonymous, all but mostly and you unpack these words uh you know made those political choices to explain what is writing uh etc etc and there was no attempt to sort of uh sort of subsume other countries within that framework so are these decisions conscious or like i'm wondering who took those decisions or did you sort of decide that, you know, this is going to be what it is and there is no need to sort of have well-known writers or have other writers, you know, from South Asia because it sort of represents India, so let it be what it is?
1: I I, I certainly don't want to kind of superimpose um, my own um, politics of today on... Um, my politics of you know, twenty plus years ago. What I do remember is that I kind of I, I proceeded with the idea of of, of self selection that 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 people who who felt like they belonged um, in this book should be there, um, and again as far as i I can remember um neither I nor penguin nor um any of um you know the friends or community members that um i can, kind of um workshopped ideas with at that time um Really disagreed with with those choices um, i mean there weren't you, you know of of course of, of course the uh when when it came to um, reproducing stories that were that were really just deeply connected to um our understandings of ourselves but but we're not um produced by some um you know imperfect understanding of of who or what an Indian lesbian is like for example um lihaf since we were already talking about it um no one thought that it that would that that there was necessarily any value in, in trying to in trying to have um lihaf in there or to um or um to approach deepa metta for um an excerpt of fire or anything like that. So I mean, I, I I think the 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 reason that I'm that I'm really kind of um, stumbling over this is because I I am so caught between i um, trying to be true to who I was, who we were then, um, and 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 the 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 more than mild embarrassment I feel at, at some of those choices today.
0: No, actually, I'm i to recommend you on those choices because it's such a different you know, piece of book, uh, where sometimes, of course, even today, we don't know who wrote some of these works, like, you know, pieces of literature, and you kind of unpack these. And today, of course, when uh, caste-based notions of merit are being challenged, critiqued again and again by so many writers, uh, especially Dalit writers, I mean, that sort of makes more sense, even sort of when you when we read that through that critical cast lens even though I mean cast was not a conversation that I think you engaged with much in that uh the introduction so but I'm saying I appreciate the kind of choices that were made uh when you sort of you know collected these stories as you said earlier I was trying to sort of archive um uh, although I'm always confused like as to what if there is a sort of a particular definition of an archive and what can be called an archive, because in my own work, afterlives are very much part of the archive, how that book was received and what happened, you know, to the book afterwards, who read and how, et cetera, et cetera. Um, did, did you, uh, yes. Do you want to respond to that? No.
1: I mean, I was, I was thinking about the moment when, 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 uh, um, Penguin reached out about the the 20th anniversary edition of Facing the Mirror. And um I mean it was it was in a period of time when I was I was traveling so much for work. I can't, I I I I try to remember whether I was in Peru or Chile, but wherever I was, it just it it struck me as um as almost absurd when when so much had happened since um the idea of their of um bringing out um a new um book when rather than um just uh having the 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 edition from twenty years ago um, occupying an um a historical section in a library um seemed uh a little absurd to me um but um but I was persuaded and 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 you know Charles was a part of that persuasion that there there was something valuable in um, kind of producing a a a, a modern current day political um, reminder of our history. Um, I chose not to redo the introduction. Um, I didn't think I had anything new to say. Um, I was thrilled when Charles agreed to do the, the forward Um because I, I just i i couldn't think of a um a better perspective on um writing movements and political shifts than theirs
0: um uh, also like this uh, the cover image and i can't remember where was the original sort of cover image was from, uh, but this one, the, the one into 2019 is from, I think a painting by Chitra Ganesh.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So was that you who chose this painting or was it Penguin? And why was it like chosen, I'm thinking?
1: Um, Penguin, I, I mean, th- th- there, there were a lot of conversations happening in parallel. So um, a designer at Penguin, as I recall, approached Chitra and um uh Chitra and I um talked quite a bit and I I um you know Chitra's is, is both an artist I admire hugely and a friend um and she sh- showed me I think a, a, a cluster of of different options um which um, I think a, a a few of us kind of you know went back and forth on 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 um different images of hers um and the image that ended up there was um, was following broad consensus i think i'm i i may have been the uh, the um the only one who preferred a um a different picture of hers. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah so so I guess you were outvoted on that.
1: that was outvoted. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I think oh. it's beautiful. I think it's yeah. uh, um I I I think it it uh um it says a lot to a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And actually, I wanted to ask you something about your own uh, piece breakup of a Boston marriage um, as to what companionship mean for you uh, in the current time, especially because there's so much going on in India about gay marriage. And I know that you're not currently based in India, if I'm not mistaken, but I'm curious to know what you make of the proliferation of uh, films, like especially Bollywood mainstream films on uh, gay, lesbian uh, companionship and marriage especially. And when you look back at that kind of writing, um, what do you think? How do you think this would be interpreted? Would it be seen as like, you know, a failure of, or rather a critique of the institution of marriage? Or there's more to it, more to that story?
1: Um... Honey, I was was, uh, just uh, exchanging texts with um, that particular ex um, uh, a few days ago, um, because uh, she she graduated from Mount Holyoke College where um, my child just started on this past Friday. Um, I, so I just got back from 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 um, from taking my child to college, and and my um, my ex uh, graduated thirty years ago. So um, the 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 passage of time and the the meaning of of institutions, both educational institutions, um, as well as um the institution of of marriage were um were very much on my mind um i mean i i i um i i it's it's not that i hesitate to express an opinion um or even emotions because um for any other reason, except that I I think that that there that my opinion is is irrelevant in part because I am now, you know, so far away from India, it's um in the pandemic. It's you know, this it'll be three years since I was lost there, which is the longest I've ever been away. Um but I'm I'm very aware of of generational tensions and divides in this moment, you know, I'm now the age of of feminists that I remember from the from 25 years ago when um when I was working on facing the mirror, you know, the 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 middle-aged feminists that um I battled with and dismissed and lusted after. Um and i think that i've i i really have no desire to be an elder who feels either that i have wisdom to impart um or um opinions that are irrelevant so um i think 20 years ago i would have been much more strident about feeling that that um investment in in um Gay marriage was a failure of our politics. And in particular, um uh, a a failure to 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 challenge the inherently patriarchal institution of marriage. Um now I, I just I I um I think that there are um their 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 minds who are who are much more um engaged and connected to um, to movements on the streets who are um coming up with arguments around why gay marriage is a battle worth having and i have i i, I wouldn't i wouldn't for a second um want to undermine those or or um, pretend that my my opinion has a value in, in that debate.
0: Mm-hmm. But do you think there is value in popular media taking that up? I mean, of course there has been like literature in print media, uh, which sort of alludes to that. I mean, I'm thinking of um, Ruth Vanita's earlier works, uh, Salim Kidvin, Ruth Vanita, Mm-hmm. book of uh, same-sex love in India we sort of reinterpreted certain associations maybe not in the form of marriage but as companionship or through the lens of acceptance maybe um, but the kind of proliferation that we have seen in the couple of last couple of years uh, in popular media in Bollywood do you think that would have like an impact uh, because we don't see, you know, either the censor board or anybody censoring uh, these sort of stories. Somehow, they have been, they have sub- somewhat been mainstreamed, if I may say so.
1: Hmm. I mean, and that and that was in, it, on some level, what we feared about um, the deradicalizing of the politics of sexuality all along um, that it would just become um, another thing to be consumed um, and to be digested into um, mainstream liberal life. Um, You know, it's, it's been, whatever you know twenty twenty five years ago we we were um in uh, folks like um Shohini Ghosh were were um looking at bollywood cinema and um finding um you know Different, different ways of 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 uncovering, um, you know, queerness, transgression, um, challenges, and in some ways, I I, I find that so much more um, interesting to my own tastes than. Um, than the, the the flatness of um of a prepackaged digested almost um, story of of love and companionship um but then i'm dating myself right i mean i'm i am a i'm a i'm a product of my own moment mm-hmm. and, I, um, and I really would not want to um, to speak to um, what those what um, uh, current currently produced narratives mean for for a younger audience, mm-hmm.
0: and not just for younger audience, I guess uh, because I remember that scene from Made in Heaven*, um, which came out in twenty nineteen where the person who had complained against this gay protagonist was himself closeted. Mm. And he's a middle-aged man, you know, sort of married to a woman, has a daughter. So it was sort of definitely sort of connecting with perhaps a different kind of audience as well. So I really appreciated those moments, even though I felt um, there were other issues. (laughs) And of course, like, I think from the perspective of like a researcher, it's often... You know, I guess you can see certain things and you start analyzing them too much. So, yeah, but I don't want to go into all that, even though that's part of the work that I do. Um, As I understand, you kind of you have been invested in uh, labor studies for quite some time. So what are you what are your current you know, investments and preoccupations are, are you affiliated within the organization? Are you still connected with the community uh, in um, Mumbai or Delhi?
1: Um, do you mean the, do you mean labor communities or?
0: Yeah, because I believe your work was, I mean, your work is transnational, but it still has sort of, you still sort of connected with uh, India and movements, right?
1: yeah very much so. i mean, um you know I, I i think the um the meaning of of transnational labor um organizing is is in is in flux again, i would say um, when I first started doing this work it was um it was very focused on um manufacturing and Um, figuring out ways to connect um, consumers in the global north to labor struggles in the global south. And those were pretty much kind of consumer-focused campaigns to support primarily garment workers. So that, of course, was, was work that had me spending Um, a lot of time with garment sector unions in um, India, Bangladesh, Indonesia, um, Mexico, you know, subsequently the... um, I've become much more connected to to service sector movements and the... um, the the logic of what workers um in the service sector have to say to each other or how they can actually um join together to to um to maximize bargaining power is a much more open question i mean i would say now that that even the story of um Global campaigns in in manufacturing like w- what what global worker power looks like is more um anecdotal and ideological um, than um than than kind of intensely theorized like um, we it would be it would be easy to to remain at a level of of arm's length legalistic expertise and say, this is about um, filing complaints at the level of the International Labor Organization or the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, but the work of actually saying, um, it makes sense for workers in different countries to organize together um, independent of migration chains independent of manufacturing supply chains is um, still a story that needs to be thought through and written.
0: Do you think it's possible for, let's say, a country, a smaller country like Bangladesh to have that kind of a relationship with Indian uh, labor unions, given the uh, given the uh, issues of migration, for instance, or the border police and economic exploitation of Bangladesh,
1: um, yeah, I mean the 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 ways in which um, uh, India, including Indian capital, has has been kind of the eight hundred pound gorilla um, in the region, was certainly very apparent in um any efforts to 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 try to build a story of of um pan asian pan south asian rather um organization um and certainly you know there are there are people who have who have tried quite consistently and um I think when I was um, when I was much more involved in in um, organizing efforts in the tea plantations, um, I saw much more of of the the kind of deep work that had gone into trying to build across, um, you know, North Bengal and and Silhet, or when I was um, working on um, on uh, soccer ball production there were um there were real efforts to 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 try to um to build solidarity across Jelandar and sialkot um in but you know india and pakistan was was even more problematic i would say than than india bangladesh um so you know again there were there were kind of stop and start efforts that that never really looked like um you know, joint bargaining, um, joint campaigning. Um, it it really did. It it has seemed to me more more um, anecdotal for the most part than real. But but um, but there have been but there have been some um, some pretty compelling moments.
0: Is there like a similar potential that you see across queer communities in these two countries? And that's actually, I'm asking this question because that's more, uh, you know, relevant to my work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to know, and when I say queer communities, I'm actually thinking of trans communities as well and sex workers as well. So is there any kind of interactions um, through unions or organizations that you have noticed across uh, these Kind of queer trans networks in the two uh, countries.
1: Um, I, I would say my my information is 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 really and my connections are really out of date on anything except um, uh, sex work. Um, there, I've I've you know I, I over time I certainly saw. Um, groups like dmsc building really rich connections between calcutta and, and dhaka mm-hmm. um some at the level of um of migration um some at the level of sharing strategy some at the level of really just kind of um bringing workers together um i wish i had um Something to to say about uh, about um, queer and trans connections across borders, but I'd really just be making shit up.
0: <laughs> no, I know Adnan Hussein then uh, has uh, published a book. I'm yet to read it, so I'm hoping because he works on uh, Hijra migrations, and I'm hoping uh, you know I will I'll learn something from there. Uh, but this was great. Uh, I mean, and if you have time, I just want to ask you two more questions. Can I?
1: Yeah, of course. And, you know, really feel free to to edit out any excesses. I, I-
0: no, I, I actually, this is coming from something that you said earlier, and I was sort of hesitating to ask this question that. So when we think of queer relationships and companionships, particularly, which are romantic in nature, often there is some kind of tension because you know there are so few in in the community that you know whom whom you know to be queer so how do you navigate these relationships with exes or um, you know with people with whom you did not have or there was an expectation of romance but it didn't lead to that in in some form and so how do you go back and try and have still have a Let's say um, friendly relationship in a non-romantic way is 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 there a queer way of doing that?
1: I mean, I I I wonder. Um, I wonder how much of this is um, is queer specific and informed by a queer politics, but um, certainly by by this time in my life, um, I, I feel like all of my, all of the, the, the all of the dimensions of, of pain, jealousy, um, sadness, competition have been eroded from the relationships that I had. Um, and so I I find myself um, relying on exes um, in large ways and small um, in ways that are um, informed by intimacy, but cert- certainly don't seem today to carry um, the negative baggage. I mean, I think we, mm-hmm. we tread carefully around um each other's scars and, and bruises and it's not necess- and it's 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 not the case that we're we're rehashing what went wrong in our relationships um ever. But yeah. um but I you know they're 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 today part of a um part of an infrastructure of friendships, um very well-worn friendships. Mm-hmm.
0: So like friendship, I guess with some uh boundaries, uh, you know, given given certain kinds of histories which were perhaps unpleasant or something that doesn't necessarily need closure, but it's that's okay. Uh and I think that's also true of friendships, perhaps. Um and, and friendships among queer people, trans people, that, that kind of gets sour, but it's okay. Uh, and I'm hoping that I will have that maturity too, you know, to deal with these kind of compli- complications. Um, and one thing that you said earlier about archives, I just wanted to ask you, um, how do you distinguish between an archive and an anthology? Like, do you think anthologies can serve as archive, or is there like a you know a distinction or boundary that you have in mind?
1: Um, I, I mean, I, I do think of um, archives as a as a capacious category that um, that could encompass anthologies. Um, i mean in, including one like facing the mirror that that is um that really is marked by um missteps missed opportunities um and lost processes right i mean it it is it's the um i feel like uh facing the mirror is is something of an artifact and Artifacts have a place in an archive.
0: Wow, that's a such a lovely way to actually, and actually the perfect way to describe the book. Um, uh, so thank you so much for giving me um, more than an hour actually for this for this interview, and I'll send you the edited version. Um, uh, do you want me to sort of insert these last two points into? Uh, earlier sections or do you want to leave it as it is
1: um you can uh really do whatever you think best um okay you know there was was certainly a moment when when i felt um much more anxiety about how my words were out there in the world but um i um you know having having spoken them you know that they're now yours
0: <laughs> so i'm the editor i guess but yeah <laughs> uh, thank you so much and yeah this was such a pleasure to talk to you thank For you
1: me too um i i i appreciate you taking um this kind of time and this kind of attention mm-hmm. um, yeah. and i um i look forward to seeing what you do with this Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.